As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so great Until I saw the city Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you're not an Athletic subscriber, well, what are you waiting for? Theathletic.com slash Straight from the Source. We'll get you in for a discount. My guest today, Tommy Fitzgerald, the New Jersey Devils GM, fresh off signing Jack Hughes to an eight-year, $64 million deal. And we'll talk to, to Tom about that and whether or not the Kirill Kaprizov signing the $9 million a year contract that he got for five years, even though Kirill is older than Jack and uh, won the Calder last year, if that was some re- uh, a reason or a comparable that they used for Jack, um, but a big projection contract. We'll talk to Tommy about that. I've known Tom for a long, long time. Number 21 with the Florida Panthers. I started covering him in 95-96 when I was a 21-year-old, um, let's say, uh, know-it-all but really know-nothing beat reporter. Um Walked into the locker room, always put on this brave face, acted super confident, but deep down I really wasn't. And it's funny when you get to be my age and you've covered this league for 27 years, you really look back at some of the players and the GMs and the coaches that treated you well, treated you like an adult treated you like a veteran reporter. And Tom Fitzgerald was always one of them. You always knew that. Like when you walked into the room, you you always figured out the players that had zero respect for you because you were a kid. Um, but the, the players that treated you, that gave you time, that shot the breeze with you. And Tom was always that friendly guy with the Boston accent that I used to always just sort of gravitate to. Uh, line mates with Billy Lindsay, who everybody knows is Florida Panthers announcer and is on NHL Network as an analyst. Um, they were they were Mutton Jeff on that Florida Panthers team, number eleven and twenty one, um, and were uh, first over the boards by Doug McLean and and uh, as penalty killers, and it was just a, a fabulous fabulous team to cover. And he was a big big 
part of that team. And I still remember where I was in 1998 in a strip mall in South Florida on a payphone talking to Tom Fitzgerald after he became the first captain in uh, Nashville Predators history and uh, doing that story a year after I was in the uh, Florida Marlins uh, press box writing a story about Lindy Ruff leaving the Panthers as assistant coach and going up to Buffalo to coach that team. And the reason why I bring that up is who would have thunk it 20-something years later, the devil's GM is Tom Fitzgerald and his old assistant coach with the Florida Panthers is now his head coach in New Jersey. It's amazing, the world of hockey. Uh, We talked to Tom, obviously, about the Jack Hughes signing, eight years, $64 million. We'll see if uh, the Krill Kaprizov contract was at all comparable. We'll talk about, obviously, the old Panthers. We'll talk about his history with Bill Guerin from their days in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about his children. Um, and a lot of uh, other things as well. He's Keith Kachuk's c- cousin as well, so I'm sure we'll we'll get to that. Um, hopefully, everybody's been keeping track with some of the stories that I've been writing in The Athletic. Obviously, the Wild are playing really, really well right now, 3-0 and on this homestand going into tonight's game against the New Jersey Devils. Um, so I've been writing about that. This team has 23 goals in its last four home games. It's won four games in a row overall, starting with the game in New Jersey in a shootout um, after the Devils uh, forced overtime with an extra attack goal. But this wild team is playing really well right now. Most goals in the NHL since early November, second most goals in the NHL this season, second most five on five goals in the NHL this season. And by the way, both those are first in the West. Uh, They had the second best points percentage in the month of November. Um, and just getting great play up and down their lineup. Kirill Kaprizov absolutely on fire, 14 points in his last seven games, uh, at least before last night. That was the most in the NHL since November 18th. Ryan Hartman, Marcus Foligno, Yul Eriksson-Eck have combined for 30 of the Wilds' 81 goals this year. Uh, pretty remarkable. They're just getting great balance, great depth up and down the lineup. This is a team that's been without... Matt Zuccarello, Jared Spurgeon, and now Freddie Goudreau was in uh, COVID protocol. We'll see today if that continues or if he tests negative and can come back. Um, but this is a team that has injuries, and yet they're just, you know, what ha- what's going on? John Murrell goes up and plays top top pair of minutes with Alex Golagoski, plays great. Jordy Ben comes into the lineup, plays great. Rem Pitlick goes up to the top uh, line with Kirill Kaprizov and Ryan Hartman and is playing great. They have this depth up and down the lineup, um, and, and that is something that we haven't seen from a wild team for a long, long time, if ever. Uh, that you could have this these type of injuries or these type of absences in the lineup and really not miss a beat. And now things do get tougher. They have a tough road trip coming up. The Toronto Maple Leafs are coming in here Saturday night. The Maple Leafs have won 15 of the last 17. They just absolutely trounced the Colorado Avalanche la- last night, 8-3. to three. Now Darcy Kemper is hurt. They've got a major goaltending issue now suddenly in Colorado. They've been treading water um, really throughout the season. They get Nathan McKinnon back but still get killed in Toronto. Um, so it's just going to be interesting interesting to see how the Wild now handle these real tough offensive teams that they're about to play. The Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Then they go to Edmonton that obviously has McDavid and Drysettle. That's 9-1 and one at home. Then they go to San Jose. Then they go to LA. And then they, uh, for the second time this season, play a second of a back-to-back in Vegas. So um, those are, are the type of things that the Wild will have to be um, you know, paying attention to. But this team is playing really well right now, and it's been uh, real fun to see, real fun to cover. Um, hopefully Hopefully everybody's been reading some of the coverage here in The Athletic the last couple of weeks. Um, it wrote a really um, neat story 
on Rem Pitlick for Thanksgiving. Hopefully, everybody read that story. It was a really touching story. Um, wrote about Ryan Hartman when he scored his 12th goal, and then he, the next night he gets a couple of assists. But, you know, if he's got any chance uh, whatsoever of making the U.S. Olympic team, I still don't think he does. But Bill Guerin's running the show, so maybe that can change. One reason why I know that Ryan Hartman was never on the long list is that he has not been getting random drug testing from the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. So that tells you right away that, um, that he hasn't been on the long list for the United States. Now, that there is a mechanism for that to change, and perhaps it will, although I have a feeling that had to be done by November 30th. I'm not 100% uh, convinced on that. I wish these protocols were spelled out places, but they're not. Um, wrote a really um, touching story also in Monday's Athletic about um, the, and I, I think I talked about this on last week's pos- podcast, but about a hockey player named Boris Hideki, a Slovak player that played for a team in his hometown of Bratislava. They were in Austria playing a game and he collapsed on the ice and five days later uh, passed away. And it turned out he was diagnosed with an inflamed heart. And what was really just tr- unbelievably coincidental about that is t- that Tyler Nanny, Lou Nanny's grandson, the former Gophers uh, defenseman, who, by the way, scored his first goal for in Finland uh, yesterday. Beautiful goal, by the way. Um, he was on the ice for that, uh, on the ice for the shift with Boris. And five years ago, as I document in this story, Tyler Nanny had myocarditis and um, first passed out during a New York Rangers development camp wound up finishing the scrimmage, and then a couple weeks later at a hotel in Wisconsin, uh, thankfully at a hotel in Wisconsin, because he was at a family reunion uh, at at his grandparents' place, but there were so many family members that uh, were staying at the cabin that uh, the grandkids didn't have room to stay there, so they stayed at a hotel. Well, he he passes out in the shower, his brother finds him, Louie, and he rushes him to the hospital, which just happened to be across the street from the hotel, and they had to paddle him while he was awake to get his heart back into rhythm, and um, it turned out that he was diagnosed with myocarditis, obviously didn't play the next year, and then didn't play the year after that because he transferred from Ohio State to the University of Minnesota, Um, but he talked a lot about just uh, having to watch this incident and the coincidence that that, um, this happened uh, with him on the ice. And also, by the way, 15 minutes from Marco Rossi's hotel, uh, hometown. So uh, both of them talk about how the tragedy here, but also that they want to be advocates um, for players getting standard heart checks before and after every season. Um, both of them obviously have had myocarditis and um, and think that it's very important for all athletes to get their hearts checked. And right now, they are. it's not a standard thing. It's only a standard thing after you get COVID um, and have symptoms. Um, other stories that I've worked on this week, um, Miko Koivu obviously getting his number nine retired. We've been teasing that for really weeks uh, in the athletic that that was going to happen. Um, Koivu was really uh, eloquent the other day talking about the honor, um, talking about, you know, told some anecdotes I had never heard before that during a lot of the times that this, um, that a lot of the times that uh, he ran into trouble or had stresses late in his career that he used to call Jacques Lemaire up and ask him for advice. And I have obviously always knew that Jacques Lemaire and Miko Koivu had an incredible relationship when Jack was coaching him here. Um, Miko has always credited a large um, 
reason for his success as a player to Jacques Lemaire, but I never knew that they had that type of relationship where years later, Miko would still be calling Jacques. So that was a big part of that story. Um, so March 13th, before the National Predators, the day after Miko's 39th birthday, almost two years today from the last time that Miko played a regular season game for the Wild and never got a chance to say goodbye because the pandemic interrupted that season, Miko will get a chance to be on the ice and be honored by the Wild and say thank you to the fans. So, um, you know, a really interesting story too, because Miko talked um, when I asked the question about the culture change that that Bill Guerin has tried to make here, and that you know has been credited for a, a big reason for this team's success, this team's depth, this team's speed, um, and this team's entertainment value right now. Um, you know, all the the getting rid of this, maybe some of the older, slower players, the old guard that had been here forever, that had sort of you know maybe at that point tired to act and needed to start new. And Miko represents that, and he basically said that you know at the time it stung when me, when Bill Guerin told him that he was no longer going to be working for this organ or playing for this organization. But now he gets it after, especially after watching so many of the, the this team um, this team's games this year, the hard work, the entertainment. Um, and how good they've been so far. The other story that's in today is a column on Jordan Greenway. Jordan's been playing really well lately. He was finally rewarded with his first breakout game of the season. Three points, a goal and two assists the other night, a redirection goal that turned out to be the winning goal, and two assists. And, um, you know, that matched his season total. And Dean Evison's been raving about him really for the last three or four weeks and how well he's been playing, especially since being reunited on last year's line with Yul Eriksson-Eck and Marcus Foligno. Well, he's finally uh, scoring, and now the big thing that he's trying to do is bring that consistency in his game. And the parallel that I made in the in the um, in, in the story is Charlie Coyle. That Jordan has a lot of Charlie in him. You know, just sometimes it, it just feels like you know he can't bring it every night, can't be physical every night, and is just admits that he's not wired that way, and he's trying to do it. That he's got to work himself up to do it, and that really reminds me a lot about Charlie Coyle. It reminds me a lot about Nick Bukestad. It reminds me a lot about when I. Come Covered Rob Niedermeyer in Florida, you know, and and once we also with Rob Niedermeyer started to accept, all right, this guy's not going to be a 26, uh, 30 goal scorer every single season. He, he became one of the top checkers in the league, went to Anaheim, won a cup playing on a line with Travis Moen, I believe, and uh, Sammy Paulson. And yeah, and so once he didn't have that pressure anymore to be a scorer, I think that he was accepted for being a real quality hockey player. And maybe that's going to have to be what Jordan Greenway becomes in the NHL. The problem is, is it going to happen in Minnesota? And that's the end of the column that I wrote. Is The reality is, is the Wild have a ton of contracts to resign, but not a lot of cap space to do it. They have Fiala, they have Pitlick, they have Kakinen unrestricted guys. They have Nico Sturm, they have Alex Goligoski, Jordy Ben, Johnny Merrill, um, players like that. Well, all these guys can't be back when you only have $16 million of cap space and you've got dead money of 12.7, 14.7, and 14.7 coming up because of the Parisian suitor buyouts. They all can't be back. And Matt Dumas got two years left on the zeal. Fiala's a pending RFA that they didn't want to commit to long term. And Jordan Greenway is a pending RFA that's making $2.1 million right now. So some guys are going to be traded. And Jordan might be one of them, whether he plays great or whether he doesn't play great. And that was sort of uh, you know what I'm trying to uh, portray in that column. So hopefully everybody reads that. But without further ado, uh, one of my favorite people, one of the great accents in the sport, New Jersey Devils GM, Tom Fitzgerald. But first, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, Fitzy, uh, welcome to the state of hockey. Um, not that place that you come from, Massachusetts. Uh, you know, <laughs> welcome to Minnesota. Um, I always tell people, I, uh, it, you know, one of my favorite Tom Fitzgerald stories is when you became the captain of the uh, the the National Predators, and you were just having kids. I remember talking to you. I was in the strip mall in South Florida, talking on the phone, and you were telling me that your only hope is that you, didn't, you that one of your kids didn't get the Southern twang, and that they kept the Boston thing. Um, but it's uh, it's you know, it's uh, pretty funny that how long you and I have known each other since 1995. It's pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, it, it it's it's. You're a good friend, and uh, you, you do great work. And you know what? I think the most important thing, Mike, was there, there was a trust factor. Yeah. You know, there was no agenda. There is no agenda when you you speak to players, and you know we we picked up on that right away. And we pick up on the people who do have agendas as well, right. and kind of stay clear of those guys. But you've always been a, the, the, one of the good ones that that we we've all trusted. And yeah, boy, we've known each other for a long, long time. Yeah. And um, we look at both of us. We haven't aged at all. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. You look the same. You look like you could still play. This this job yeah. I was telling somebody yesterday. It's just you start losing your hair and it gets gray by the <laughs> by the by the minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, number twenty one for the Florida Panthers, one of the greats. Uh, that that ninety five ninety six run with you and Billy Lindsay, and uh, you know I was saw Johan Garpenlov in the press box here the other day. Scott Mellenby up until uh, the news the other day had been in pretty much every wild game. Uh, Rob Niedermeyer, that whole line right there. Um, you know, let's start by talking. Actually, let's start. I know that a lot of Devils fans are going to first want to know about Jack Hughes. And I know, that, you know, eight years, 64 million. It's kind of like your first contract in Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, term, term back in those days was... Give me three years. Yeah, I, I've got term. I've got security. <laughs> uh, yeah, eight years now. Five, six, seven, eight years. It's it's incredible, but good for the players. You know, I think uh, all the ex players, uh, like before us, they don't. We don't begrudge anybody. We're we're mm -hmm. just happy, and we feel that you know we we did our part as ex players to help the future players. You know, really, uh, really be able to 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 get deals like this. Um, so no, it's 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 great. Jack's a, a terrific young player mm -hmm. that we believe in, and. You know, people might say, well, he hasn't done it, you know, yet to deserve mm -hmm. it. But, you know, the, the underlying numbers are, are, are fantastic. And in, in elite categories and elite people that he's mm -hmm. surrounding himself with when it comes to underlying numbers. Now, does that translate into real numbers? We, we believe it will. Um, and we just want to get ahead of this. Is that, the, is that the toughest thing as a GM when you're doing something like this? Is that it is a projection contract, but yet, I mean, the pedigree is there. We know how good he is. You've seen it. You see him up close and know his personality also yeah. more than anybody you're right and, and i um 
I, for one, like Jack takes me out of my seat. Mm-hmm. He really does when he has the puck and some of the things he does. And yeah, there's there's a lot of flash. We're 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 and we're we're, we're going to be paying for the finish here moving forward. Um, but he he really is an exciting young player. Um, he's not afraid. He gets into traffic. Unfortunately, he got hurt. But that was that was a, just a unfortunate incident where how he landed it wasn't the actual hit or blow um it was how he landed after that uh so he's 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 he is pretty durable for a, a smaller guy um very very elusive uh kind of greasy just he doesn't shy away from areas and and we believe our job is to my job is to to surround him with people who can finish um and that's this is a, we believe this is the start of something really good here in new jersey the um you know it, it a lot of Wild fans ask me if if how much the Kirill Kaprizov contract might have been something that you looked at. You know that not not at all, not a comparable. No, at no all. not at all. Um, you know, you, you, we we just we started to talk about what he hasn't done, but mm-hmm. what we believe he's going to do. And then you know, when you do deals like this, I I have to go off comps. Mm-hmm. I have to go off comps. I have to go off certain eighteen year olds. 19 year olds who signed these long-term deals and what they've done versus what jack's done and 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 jack's agency was they're, they're fantastic they they've they've been around the block a few times mm-hmm. with players so they, they they get it educating you know the player and and on where he may be at and what he may be you know passing up if if he does pass this up and what he may have to do to make it up CAA does a great job with their players and 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 Pat Brisson and I had fantastic talks and we knew there was common ground and and that's the most important thing and I think you look at the commitment that you know David Blitzer and and Josh Harris have made to 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 one our our team and you want to put a product on the ice that is 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 going to be good and sustainable um and then the commitment from from Jack and his family as well to to accept this and and really commit to New Jersey. So um, I just hope I'm I'm around yeah. to, to see this all come together. Yeah. I always tell uh, wild players that sign these eight year deals now. You might be the only players that ever outlast me. I don't know how much longer I can how, how long longer I could do this. Uh, it's been a long time, twenty seven years now, covering the NHL. That's amazing. Yeah, um, Fitzy, like the. Um, you know how how much of a hoot was it for you to draft his brother? I mean, you know that was and then to see his reaction, Jack's reaction, and his brother's reaction when when you made that big announcement. Well, first, Luke, uh, this is the reason why we drafted Luke Hughes was because of Luke Hughes. It had nothing to do with Jack Hughes, right? Um, and and to be to be quite honest, like last year's where we were picking last year's group of players that we could have chosen were all really, 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 really tight. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you were nitpicking on one player versus another player. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we in, in New Jersey, we, we conduct some of these personality tests that we've, we've created ourselves. And um, Luke Hughes just, you know, just stood above everybody else when it came to leadership. Um, and, you know, I just kind of looked at that and thought, you know what, like, there's there's zero downside here. Yeah. I mean, we this is the youngest player in the draft. We'd like to think if he went, if he was born three or four days later, where would he be? We'd be, he'd be probably the first overall pick right. this year. You, puck moving, mobile, six foot two defenseman right. that can generate offense. Uh, they, they don't grow in trees. Right. So that's really the reason why we picked one is his talent one his he's the youngest player in the draft the upside uh two the leadership qualities that he 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 showed us Mm -hmm. um 
and and felt you, you can never go wrong with the, these mobile, big, rangy, uh, puck moving, transitional defensemen. Second, uh, talking with the Hughes family after we drafted <laughs> Luke, uh, Ellen Hughes. Their mom said we 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 sat all the boys down and <laughs> and we just said hey if New Jersey doesn't pick him we can't be showing our colors on, right, on. Right. it's like the go, Oscars right you can't you show can't, that you're disappointed uh, that you didn't that you were running around but we never talked about if New Jersey uh, picks Luke how to react <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you saw Jack's reaction yeah. and and it was real yeah. you know that was true excitement yeah. from him personally i mean i can't imagine really like imagine playing yeah. with your brother yeah playing a long time with your yeah. brother like it's it's exciting yeah. times in new jersey and jack, i know the Hughes family is, yeah, is really jack, excited jack who by the way i think is just a fantastic quote he's candid i listen to podcasts but i loved his quote afterwards he was like we're just gonna get quinn here at some point i think that's why the, <laughs> i think that's why the canucks tried to go major term with him yeah. um you know to assure that that can't happen uh, hey we in florida you were gone but i mean the pavel Bure, valver and those the people love playing with their brothers, Rob Niedermeyer and Scott Niedermeyer. And, and, uh, I know, I know in the, the, in New Jersey, anyways, yeah. I know Lou, uh, I've been told Lou was always trying to get Robbie. Rob to come to New Jersey to yeah. keep Scott yeah, in New yeah. Jersey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's special. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine playing with my brothers. You yeah. know, I've got a, I had a cousin in the league, Keith Kachuk, and it would have been fantastic to, to one day, you know, suit up yeah. with him. And, um, but having, you know, a brother tandem is yep. yeah, I can't, I can't imagine but these guys these two kids are going to play a long time with each other you hit on one of my topics i wanted to talk to you about keith in a little bit but i i did want to ask you just w watching the devils last week we were just in jersey uh the wild and and look i i know the wild just got literally got off the bus and started playing so they probably had heavy legs but the, the way you guys skated that game the way your work ethic that game it really and the other thing that I noticed about that game is I was shocked at how many fans were there, which has to be a really cool thing for you to see that the Devils fans are starting to embrace that team. In fact, you know how like a lot of times they'll announce that attendance and you think like there's no way. That one I was actually shocked that it was they announced less than it looked because they were loud, it looked packed. Um it feels like Devils fans are starting to embrace this this thing that you're trying to build here. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, that that night, you know, the 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 night before Thanksgiving too is, is always a, a big night for us probably throughout the league. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I believe our fans are believing in what we're doing and are excited about it and, and don't want to be left on the dock mm -hmm. uh, and miss the boat on being part of it, whether it's season mm -hmm. tickets, season ticket packages, things like that. Um, and they're seeing, they're seeing what we've been saying, you know, we, I, I, I do think we're putting our money where our, uh, mm -hmm. our mouth is. And, you know, it is. It really is an exciting time in, in New Jersey, um, and our fans see it. Uh, we're excited, and you know, yeah, we are a fast team. We're very. I think we're a fast team. When you add in Jack, now uh, makes us even faster. Um, but but we're still young. Yeah. We're still young. You sure? And yeah, we're, but yeah. we're still we still have to mature into to get to that next level yeah. of being very very competitive we're competitive every night and, and what it's hard on me because i'm so competitive i i think we should win every game right you know but one mistake turns into a goal and one clock management mishap turns into a chance that turns into a goal and uh, the good teams don't make mistakes like that the the, the, the top teams don't they right. know, they know how to close teams out i will say our team where we never quit mm -hmm. the resiliency of this young group is we are i believe we're down four nothing the other night against san jose 
actually it was four to two, right. and felt we're going to get that next goal. We will tie it up with when we, we, as we pull the goal. Didn't happen. It's going to but that's the feeling that I have. So when I sit in my box and I watch my team, I I do get disgruntled at times because of uh, the score or we should be winning or yeah, I, but expectations right now are to to continue to grow and win my expectations is to win right you know not to lose yeah. games but the reality is we still have a lot of learning to do and i think lindy's done a hell of a job yeah. with this young crew yeah. um and, and help them understand accountability is a big big word that we use and it's an action that we we carry out um and it's the only way we're going to get better is you know you want to make a mistake great hockey's a game of mistakes as i've learned through the great coaches i've had but if you continue to make the same mistakes yeah. you're not getting better you're yeah. not learning and you're gonna sit yeah no doubt and wild fans uh learned at your resiliency last week when obviously you they got a taste of their own medicine where they gave uh, the wild who have seven six on five goals actually gave up one in the last minute and went to overtime there so uh so uh, a nice uh, nice uh, point by the devils and then obviously the wild pulled out the shootout win i wanted to ask you about lindy uh, you know, it's funny. I mentioned in '98. I remember talking to you in a strip mall in South Florida on the phone when you when you became the uh, the the first ever captain of the National Predators. Um, I remember in '97 sitting in the Marlins press box writing about Lindy Ruff leaving as assistant coach to go up to Buffalo, and here he is, 24 years later, still in the NHL. I can't imagine in '95, '96, and all those years with Lindy as your assistant coach that you thought one day you'd be hiring him as head coach. No, not at all. Like when you when you're a player, you just want to continue to play, and, yeah. and as you start, you know, ramping downwards your career, you you may think of staying in the game somehow. It's usually coaching. Yeah. Never thought managing would be in in the cards for me. But quite honestly, I never even thought about it. Like right. I just. I, I looked up to all my managers, Bill Torrey being, you know, yep. a, a great mentor of mine. Um, never, ever thought of being in that type of seat. Um, but you're right. You know, all of a sudden you're, you're, you're looking around, you're looking for a new coach and you're looking for the characteristics of a person that could help you grow your team and wh where we're at in the stages of, of our development. And, you know, you go, go back to those days in Buffalo with Lindy and you look at all the young players that he has developed or helped develop into really, really, really good players uh, afterwards, the Pommonvilles, yeah. you know, the Drury's, the Briere's, you know, I can go on and on. Um, you know, Vanix, you know, yeah. these, these talented players that Lindy knew how to handle them, let them play and, and watch their, their, their skill grow versus just strangling it and conforming them into something that they, they shouldn't dump and chase, you know, mm -hmm. I think play players like that. But, um, I just felt one, his personality is just, it's infectious. He, yeah. he lights up a room when he walks in, he's adapted. He's not the old core, uh, hard old school type of coach. Yep. Um, players love him. You know, he's, he's a prankster jokester, but when he yeah. talks serious, they, they, they utterly just are on, you know, they yep. stand still listening to him. So yep. he's, he's got the command of the room and he's got experience and he's, he's been doing a great job for us. Um, yeah. If he's, if he's never told you about the practical joke that he played on Brian Campbell in Florida, when the Sabres were there, make sure he tells you it. I, t I told it on a recent podcast. I reminisced actually with it, Marty Barone recently about it. And it's, it is one of the most unbelievable classic practical jokes in the history of hockey. You got to have him tell <laughs> it. And apparently Lindy was the brainchild, the coach of the Sabres. And it happened outside of uh, the, the arena in Florida where he had the bus. I'll just give out the little part. He had the bus pulled over by Broward County sheriffs. 
and Brian Campbell is a rookie pulled off and you just got to hear the kicker. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I can't um, imagine. Before we get to the Florida Panthers, because everybody that's that knows me in Minnesota knows why, of course, I had you on. Let's talk about about, about Billy Guerin and your history with him. Um, you know, Billy Guerin, Wild GM, you guys were both in Pittsburgh growing up, getting your chops as ma- in management and, and things like that. Um, whenever I talk to Billy, he has such great esteem for you. Um, you know, how tight did you guys become? And, and, uh, well, yeah, we're very tight. Um, he's a great friend. Um, for, first and foremost, he's a great person. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I love the passion. He's type A personality. Yep. I, I, I love it a lot. Like, like me, uh, yep. I just wasn't, I didn't have the, the resume as a player that he has, but Billy and I go way back. You know, we had the same agent yep. growing up. Uh, my, my, one of my brothers played with Billy and juniors yep. back in the spring the days when he was playing for the Springfield picks. Right. I happened to be playing for the Islanders farm team in Springfield as well. And, you know, he was a young kid and then he got drafted, what, four or five overall. Yeah. And he knew he was, a, he was going to be a hell of a player, but, um, fast forward, you know, when we were putting the team together, when Ray was, um, in, in Pittsburgh and what we needed for that locker room to help really kind of push us forward with, with, we had the talent We had this Sid, Gino, uh, Stahl, uh, Latang, Fleur. I mean, we had all e- e- very young talent, but finding that older, I don't want to say grizzly vet, you know, mm-hmm. but somebody who can come in and really kind of just be themselves and have that type A and be matter of fact at times. And Billy was all of that when he came in. And, you know, we, you, we win the cup in 09, you know, the next year, you know, we, we disappointing postseason. And um, I, I don't know how many years after Billy played but he really wanted to get into management and uh, he started following me around in development mm-hmm. you know I remember being out here in Minnesota he and I both flew out here and the only car we were going up to Duluth or St. Cloud I forget and the only the only rental car there was was this bright red pickup truck <laughs> <laughs> that we, we joke about all the time every time you see, see one we'll take a picture and send it to each other but um, you know he was just hungry to learn yeah. um, and, and then he just uh, you know what I loved about him was he was willing to, to travel and willing to go and, and, and watch and uh, no players. You know, my, my whole thing was if you want to be involved in player discussions, you need to know players. So right. you need to get out and watch players and you need to go out and scout. Um, and he was he was very hungry to do that. Yeah. And then you look at the, you know, look at the, 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 the branches that were coming off Ray there um, in Pittsburgh with Jason and uh, Chuck mm-hmm. was there. Um, and then obviously with Billy and myself, you know, Dan McKinnon who I have in New Jersey. you know, just first of all, a lot of good people. Yeah. They're just great people. Uh, Randy Sexton was was with us. Um, so you looked at the, the experience, and uh, but Billy, you know what? This is I'm, I'm I'm very happy for him. He deserves all this. He's doing a hell of a job, and I think the relationship that he and Craig have is yeah. is unique. It's fantastic. I think Craig's unique, quite yeah. frank. He's a unique person, and um, one that he's just a, a normal person, yeah. a normal guy that you can go to yeah. and be open with, and he'll kill. He'll, he'll, he meet pressure test you. Uh, which is is right, yep. um, and I think that's that's so healthy. Yep. So, but I think Billy's done a great job, and you know the the future's bright here in Minnesota yeah. with Billy yeah. Guerin. Yeah, Tommy got to know Craig during the interview process a couple GM jobs ago uh, um, here in uh, in Minnesota, and then obviously Billy got the job uh, on the second run when you didn't go for it. It's really amazing, like when you think about it. So Ray Shiro brings you and Billy on in Pittsburgh. Ray becomes the Devils GM. You you he brings you there. You take over for him now. Ray Shiro is here with Bill Guerin with Randy Sexton as his senior advisors. It's it's nuts the way hockey works sometimes, isn't it? It is, and you know what? They're uh, being familiar with people 
is yeah. is important. You know, um, loyalty is everything. It is. Yeah. It is. But you want people who can push you. You want yeah. people who can pressure test you. You want. You don't want yes people. And, and, and Ray always said that. I don't want people who, who just say, oh yeah, right. I, I agree with you. Hey, I, yeah. I, I think that's why Ray and I work so well together. Is because we would we would really push each other and mm -hmm. question but at the end of the day you walk out of the room he was the boss and you're you're loyal to that decision that he he right. makes but you you, you just can't uh, like for for me in new jersey i'm not looking for yes men if i if i have a yes man i i, I don't want them yeah. i want somebody who who can pressure me and and ask the right questions and you know hey maybe we think of it differently and that's i will say that's one thing that i've, I've really learned with my organization from my ownership is there is a lot of pressure testing and it's i i truly believe it's made me better and made me make better decisions versus just mm, off the whim type of things it's you you really dig levels down versus just skim 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 levels you just you start digging and makes it uh you know, makes you think about, you know, what kind of decision you're going to make. Yeah. So no doubt about it. Um, let me ask you about, uh, about those, um, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins teams. I mean, that, that was one special group that you guys put together there. Um, one player that the wild, uh, got from that team is Kalen Addison. Billy Guerin knew him real, real, uh, closely there, but that Pittsburgh team, like again, just watching him right now, it looks like they're starting to play better. Um, you're in a tough, tough division with, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's just the, it's endless. The number of, uh, of t good teams you have in your division. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, we can't do anything about that. Yeah. Uh, we do feel we're in the, the hardest division, toughest division, the deepest division. Um, we can't do anything about that. You know, anytime you have a uh, in Pittsburgh, with anytime Sidney Crosby is is healthy and playing, and eventually Malkin will come back, you know how competitive they're going to be. Yeah. You know where they're going to be. But um, for us, you know, my my hope and my plan was to, as as teams start, you know, aging, mm -hmm. um, they start descending. Our youth starts figuring it out and understanding commitment to winning and start ascending and, and hopefully some of these paths will cross as we're moving up and teams are maybe thinking about going the other way and, right. and maybe rebuilding. Makes sense. You know? yeah. And that has been a lot of Devils fans asked, you know, like when is a point where you start to identify, all right, now we've got a sub, you know, like Billy Guerin talks about it all the time. There will come a point where we make the big move uh, and don't just build around the youth and things like that. Is, is that part of your thinking too? I mean, obviously you make the huge move to get Dougie Hamilton there and you're building around him and he's sure and Hughes, but but will there also come a point where maybe you look for the goal scorer to go? With oh, the for sure. Yeah. You know, when is that? I don't, I think we're still a little premature for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think where we're going to make our hay is the experience of this core mm -hmm. right now and understand, you know, hopefully continue to battle for a wild card spot mm -hmm. and then hopefully sneak into the playoffs uh, and understand how hard it was to get there and to continue to, to go through the first round, how hard the first round is, is, is vital, I think, to any organization uh, experience-wise. Then I believe there's, you know, there's – how can I compliment what we what we have? Um, right. We do feel we've got some couple goal scorers coming, um, but I think the, the the great teams do look outside uh, for complimentary help, um, and, and we'll get there. You know, yeah. we'll get there. I'm not going to kid myself right now on where my team's at, and we're one player away from winning the Stanley Cup. We're not. Mm -hmm. We're not. We're. You know, if I'm sitting in this seat in three years, four years from now, I'm sure 
that's if you ask me a question, right. I'm 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 looking for yeah. for that that player. When you look at this wild team, I mean, you know, um, you know, what do you think of the job that Bill is doing? I mean, he's made some bold, bold moves. You know, real short order. He really rebuilt the locker room. You know, changed the culture. Miko gone, Eric Stahl gone, Devin Dubnik gone, Parisian suitor. Not a lot of GMs would have the you know cojones to do that. And now this team is a young, fast, uh, hardworking, entertaining team. Yeah, uh, he's done a great job, and it does take uh, take guts to to make the moves that he's made. But you know, he's he's paid for uh, for he's he's paid to do a job that he, he needs to do, and it's helped rebuild the, the the locker room, the you know the brand, yeah. um, what it looks like, what kind of team do you want? Yeah. I will say they're they're a heavy team. They're they're a fast team, and you know you look up and down your roster, and you go, who who is this kid? Like who's this kid? Like, yeah. and I, I think he's done a great job. To but their their top talent are producing, yeah. and I, I think Dean Everson's a hell of a coach. To be quite honest with you, I, I, what he's doing behind it, these kids have bought in. They're playing a certain way. They're hard to play against. They're D, I, you're right. You look at their D, and you go, oh, well, you know, we can we can use our speed against them. But they're efficient. They're simple. They just they don't overcomplicate things. They get pucks. They move pucks. That's it. You know, and they're getting great goaltending yeah. in Talbot. I mean, you saw the game against us. Like he was he was lights out. Yeah. You know, we did everything in our power to to win that game. But we believe he was the reason why we didn't. Yeah. With that being said, they're a hard team to play against, and uh, they're 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 really they're they're going in all cylinders like they're dean's got them playing a certain way we know we're in for t we're in, we're in tough tonight because of how well they're playing yeah. and where they stand the confidence they have that's why i asked you what you just said is i was a little surprised that talbot's not starting tonight kakinen did get his first nhl win against the devils but talbot was so good last week um let's ask uh, talk to you about kachuk i still have this memory of america west arena in that locker room and I won't keep you too much longer, but in that locker room, uh, you know, talking to Keith about you for this really cool feature I wrote in like 97. And he was just hysterical telling me childhood stories of you. I mean, you guys, you guys were, I mean, I mean kind of like brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, Juan, he, I'll, I'll never forget, um, you know, I was doing my thing. I was playing. I'm the oldest of the two families, you know, and, and going to college and then turning pro. And, you know, Keith's, I, I think Keith's four years younger than me. Um, but four years, is a, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot when you're yeah. growing up. You know, you're eight, you're four, you're 12, you're eight, you're yeah. 16, you're 12, you know. And, and I was just doing my own thing. But I remember, I remember my dad saying, hey, Keith's trying out for the Olympic team, whatever, after his freshman year in college. And I'm like, really? And then... I don't know how well he did or I remember watching, but then it was like, he's going to turn pro. I'm like, what? <laughs> like pro hockey? Yeah. Winnipeg's going to sign him and they're going to, and he's not going to play in the minors. No. I said, is he that good? I think he's pretty good. My dad says, <laughs> and the rest is history. He, he's, he's a, he was a unique player, you know, like you, you're, you're, you're powerful. You could score. Um, and you see, you see what his boys are doing. Yeah. Um, but you're right. No, we're, we're very close. Actually, I'm going to have dinner with him. He and his wife on uh, Sunday night. Nice. They're coming in town to watch Brady play us on Monday. Um, our families are, are extremely tight. I miss Thanksgiving this year for the first time since I retired back with my family and the Kachuk family. Um, yeah, holidays are, are, are great, you know, yeah. with us. So, unfortunately, Keith doesn't live in the area anymore. Yeah. Um, 
and you know but he gets in when he can and uh but just a, a good guy which I, I really do wish i had an opportunity to play with him at, at one point in our yeah. careers it would have been really neat uh such a good player uh and a and a beauty of a guy <laughs> you know one car he's a cartoon character as i always say um i remember when uh the wild drafted luke cunning i uh i grabbed kachuk at the draft for that story and honestly like sometimes he he talks and you got tears in your eyes you know he's just he's just got he's just a cartoon character um let's let's talk about florida it's been long enough uh, wild fans are shocked that it's been this long that i uh, uh, that i that i haven't brought it up um so 98 i still i, I you, you trade straight up for mark Parrish, and i just i i think i sent you a screen capture like how weird it was like two years ago like at, yeah yeah oh yeah that's it wasn't straight up <laughs> <laughs> um but you traded colorado and um and then and then you wind up going to the national but i still remember like it, two years ago it like dawned to me how how long i knew you guys because i got a text message from you on like july 4th wishing me a happy fourth and then 20 minutes later and this is like around midnight i get another a text message from mark Parrish wishing me a happy fourth and i'm like holy crap like it's it's 2020 and i got two guys that were traded straight up for each other in 98 sending me uh text messages um but those those florida teams were just special and it did feel like the beat writers almost became like you know it almost became like we were part of it like you know like i'm every one of those guys i'm still tight with yeah well again i we, we started this this talk with you know who you are as a person and, and the trust factor mm -hmm. and no agendas and and that's huge in our industry you know especially as players and things things you're you're a throwback um and i i would hope the, the the wild players feel that way like we did in florida um so that i, I agree with you it was a there was a trust the stories that would be written were good stories fun stories mm -hmm. not not stories about negative things um but those were those were great days. I mean, I, I you're right. I got traded. It was it was a terrible day for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was working on a contract with the team. Thought I was going to sign my long term three year deal. <laughs> had 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 dollars and, and cents already done and yeah. got put on hold because of uh, the potential of a trade with a certain player and um, a high high quality young prospect. Um, and and then it turns out we were at a golf tournament. I don't know if you remember. We were yeah. we were we were at the the outing golf outing yeah. up at uh, uh, Breakers, right? No, it was Heisinger's uh, uh, course up uh, uh, medalist. Oh, okay, no, not right. medalist. Uh, I, I forget. Anyways, okay. the tee boxes were like not the Boca Resort. Right? No, it was okay. north. It was in like Jupiter, but okay. it, it was you know the tee boxes were the Marlins, the, the yeah, Dolphins, yeah, and the, the Panthers. The yeah. Three tee boxes, the teams he owned. Uh, it, it was it's, it really it's, it sucked to be quite honest with you. You know, I was there. I got pulled off the course. Actually, I happened to go, go into the clubhouse on the turn playing with Beezer, mm -hmm. um, who was supposedly going to be on the move. Right. And we went in and Chuck Fletcher, the management, Bill Torrey, Brian Murray and Chuck Fletcher were all uh, there. They, their office was built out of the, the clubhouse. And I got the, the, the wave in. Come here, I want to talk to you. And, mm. and the rest was history. I just I sat and waited for them to confirm what was going on. So that my, my group went on to hole 10. And uh, I just waited there. And then they told me. And I had to get into a car with uh, Randy Moeller. Uh, and he took me back to Boca, where I lived. I actually took me back to Pompano, got my equipment. Mm. And I, I was on a flight later that night, or maybe early in the morning. And I had to leave my two young, you know, I had two young boys. Um, it's being traded stinks. You know, but it opened up another chapter in my life, and I was, you know, becoming a free agent, and 
and become the first ever captain of the Nashville Predators, which I would never change uh, in the world. I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, my dad always says, one door closes, another one opens up. So, um, yeah, it, it, but the days, really what I try to push forward in Nashville was how the veterans led and how they treated the younger players. And and I felt I, I wanted to do that. And, and that's the Brian Scrooglins, the Mike Huffs, the Mike Foligno's, um, you know, the, 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 the Browns, the Sorellas. I mean, you go, I can go on and on. Yeah. Um, I wanted, I wanted, that's what I wanted to be. And I tried so hard to, to be that, uh, you know, it almost hurt my play on the ice because I was so consumed about being somebody off the ice. And Barry grabbed me one day and just said, I just need you to be you. You're here for a reason. And I like to think I helped lay some bricks there in, in Nashville for the success they've had and, you know, right. moving forward culture-wise, yeah. you know, locker room and what's yeah. the expectations. I remember how emotional it was. The first ever national game was against Florida, right? I mean, it's crazy. A one nothing game, Ray Whitney breakaway. Um, you, uh, you mentioned Mike Foligno. Uh, how much is Marcus like Mike? I mean, because Marcus has become such an impactful player on this team. It's unbelievable. He's basically a coach, too. Uh, you know, I wrote about it today. Yeah. I mean, I don't know Marcus. Yeah, I, yeah. I do remember seeing Marcus in, in, in diapers walking around <laughs> <laughs> when we all lived in Boca Point. Uh, yeah. In, that, in, my uh, mom, so in Panache. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, my mom, yeah. my yeah. mom and stepfather lived lived in there until they, they moved to Atlanta. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. I used to walk by your house once, well, after you left. It's funny. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, no, they, and I just, you know, I, I hear great things about Marcus's character and, and, you know, what he is and, um, He's he's a throwback player. Yeah, like, he he's, really is. He's physical. He's got skill. You know, he's yeah. a first rounder for a reason. Yeah. Um, but you know what guys like that do for the yeah. locker room and experience is is really where teams right. make their hay and and, and yeah. can can move forward is because yeah. you, you got to have those guys. I, I I say it a lot with us. Yeah, I don't want to keep trading away the men of my yeah. locker room, but eventually you got to bring in some men to yeah. to really help yeah. shape and form like Billy Guerin did with yeah. with that young crew in yeah. uh, Pittsburgh. Last couple questions for you, I swear. Um, but that night. 2016, you know, Doug McClain, the coach, he had a great, uh, I mean, every guy on that team, I mean, Jovo and Rhett Warner and Svela and Gord Murphy and Paul Laws, I mean, it was, it was a heck of a team, Hoff and Hull and uh, Lowry and and, uh, and your be Stu Barnes, your best friend, uh, Billy Lindsay, uh, you know, I mean, who, we, who basically, I don't know how, if you ever see him you know, since he basically... Yeah, I know, but he does a lot of NHL Network. And it's right around your studio. Yeah, but I mean that that was one special group, and to go to the Stanley Cup final your third year when nobody ever could have expected that. No, we 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 didn't. We knew we were good. We were well coached with Roger. Um, we were committed to playing a certain style um, and understood how we were going to be successful. We had great goalting in Beezer, yeah. and when when Beezer was out, Mark Fitzpatrick was was really a good goalie as well. And um, we, we just had quality people, yeah. you know, and I remember, I remember our first training camp in 90, well, 93, Three, yeah. uh, down in Dural yeah. country club, Bobby Clark, who a lot of people don't yeah. remember. It was our first GM there. Right. Um, he just said, we're not going to be a doormat yeah. like the Ottawa senators yeah. the year before. We're yeah. not going to be a doormat for the league. And if you think this is going to be, Hey, you're just going to go out and play and take the results. Yeah. Then get the F out, yeah. you know, and it just, it really stuck with a lot of us. Um, but I, I think Brian Murray in particular uh, made some some really good moves. You know, getting Stu Barnes for Randy Gillen. Um, yeah. You know, bringing in Robert Zvela, who no one knew. Who, yeah. who was this this Slovakian kid? Um, 
you know, talking, you know, keeping Beezer, keeping uh, you Terry Kartner, for yeah. example, you know, drafting Jovo. Um, we just had a really good mix of guys, but we, we enjoyed playing for each other. Yeah. It was a great environment. I think Doug did a great job because he inherited a, uh, a very committed team away from the puck. Um, but what he did is allow us to play four check harder, you know, mm-hmm. continue on your four check, use your speed where before it was like, stop, let them set up behind the net. Yeah. We'll trap them to death. And he kind of loosened the reins and, and it created, you know, puck turnovers. And then we yeah. were playing in the offensive zone more and uh, everything came together. Yeah. It really did. And you know what, to be honest with you, that year when we went to the playoffs, I remember sitting down. Well, I remember Doug calling me when he took over and said, so you play right wing. And I said, no, I, I play center, but you play right wing. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I, I can play right wing. He goes, okay, because you're going to play right wing. And I said, okay. Yeah, I played right wing all year, yeah. th- that third year. Yeah. And then we got to the playoffs. He called me in his office and said, we're going to play at center. Uh-huh. And I said, really? Yeah, we're going to have two centers that are going to go after every team's top lines. Yeah. Brian Scrooge is going to go after, he's going to start, and then we're going to come back with you because they may stay out there for a minute. I don't want Brian out there for yeah. a minute, and you're going to eat up the next 30, 45 seconds. Yeah. And um, that was the strategy that yeah. year for from for for us up front um, and things just aligned and yeah. I felt I felt every single series somebody different put the cape on and yeah. they call the cape the Superman cape because everything they did was was strong and and well you look at Stu's line in the first round, round you know Billy obviously scores the, the winning goal um, okay, that was Boston schooling, yeah schooling Ray Bork yeah right? you know like there, <laughs> there, there was every line yeah. really was the focus of that series yeah. you know it was Stu's line with Pi and, and, yeah. and Ray Shepard against the Flyers then it was you know Mike Huff and Screwy's line played yeah. big goals against uh, you know, the Bruins yeah. or the Flyers, and, and then our line against Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, we just, I just everything just fell into yeah. place, and then we ran into the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. We were actually really good, <laughs> but but I do tell people we may yeah. have gotten swept, but there was no way that was a four nothing series. No, no, you're absolutely right, and that especially game four, that that game, uh, you would crew up with the winner. Um, just lastly, uh, how did they embrace you in Pittsburgh? Because it was you that put the dagger in that. Uh, superstar team with Lemieux and Yager and all those guys, but it was Tom Fitzgerald that scored the Prince of Wales uh, clinching goal in the, uh, in the, in game seven. Yeah. And, and, and even going back to my, my other, my former team, the, the, the Islanders, and we right. beat, we beat that team, which Kevin Stevens, who's a great friend would tell us that was probably their best team. Right. And they were going for the three peat and our little Islander team, you know, beat them in game seven. And um, yeah, I, I, you know what? I think people didn't realize who I was, and this is the guy who played, and um, but is that they, the guy that slapped it was slap shot over the blue yeah, line, right? Yeah, yeah, Game yeah, yeah. just yeah. inside the blue line, yeah, right? just, just inside. inside. The blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? This people is, in Pitt, they, they, I mean, my my eight years there, or nine yeah. years, I don't even know how long I was there. Like, yeah. treated me great. Yeah. You know, they they treated me with you know, like, like I was one of them, and yeah. that's that's all that mattered for me. And um, I had great times there, yeah. you know, and I, I I had some success on the ice against the yeah. Penguins, and I I definitely had some great success off the ice as well and lastly just has the family uh you know you got kids playing all that uh, stuff they're great you know yeah. my two older boys ryan and case are both born in boca yeah um so they're florida babies and uh, both were drafted ryan was drafted by the bruins uh but he's no longer he's with the F- flyers organization right mm-hmm. now um he's out double hip surgery oh. you know, yeah philippon did the surgery you know i don't know who did it okay. someone in um he had two actually uh, abdomen and, and both hips done and oh. but he's on the mend he's yeah. he's but he's doing great. Um, Casey's drafted by Buffalo. Um, I, I think he's knocking on the door here, you know, for, for games. So, 
my third son, Jack, who was born in Nashville, is a senior in college, um, doing great things yeah. as well. And my youngest, Brendan, who's Canadian, he was born in Toronto when I played for the Leafs, uh, is is playing out in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, wow. playing for the Rough Riders, and uh, he's going to go off to the University of New Hampshire and play hockey and see where his career goes. But uh, awesome. my wife Carrie's doing awesome. Yeah. She's you know she's she's really I tell people she's the CEO of of our household and yeah. our business. Um, and her and her, her and our dog Millie are just kind of living alone right now <laughs> with everybody gone. Because right. I'm in New Jersey, she'll come back, she'll come down and visit me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still own our house in Boston, and um, no, but everybody's doing great. You know, we're we're all we're all loving life. Everybody's knock on wood doing well, yeah. and, and uh, family's everything. Yeah. Kevin Adams, the Buffalo GM, another guy I was tight with in Florida, just a great guy too. So hopefully, we'll give your son a shot here in the next little bit. I'll give him about the Roma text. Yeah. We'll waiting I so, hope so, and so. I, I need him to give me a heads up so I can get. <laughs> You know, my wife and I can get there to watch it whenever that happens. I'll tell you, I, you know, you mentioned longevity. It's amazing how many guys I covered that are in management and coaching. And now suddenly I'm covering a father and son. I covered Lance Pitlick in Florida and Rem Pitlick here. It's crazy. And I'm thinking, thinking getting old, you know, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> hey, Fitzy, always, always a pleasure. Uh, you know, I can't wait to that first Minnesota, New Jersey trade uh, at some point here. Wow. Fans uh, were joking to me on Twitter. Like, Ask ask uh, Tom. It seems like they have way too many young centers. Maybe the wild you could throw one to the wild. So I think, you'll, uh, I think Billy will call you at some point. That, Thanks, Tom, awesome. Yeah. Great seeing you. Great talking with you. You're a good friend. Appreciate it. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. So my thanks to Tom Fitzgerald for joining Straight from the Source. Big week ahead for the Minnesota Wild. They play, obviously, the Devils here tonight in Minnesota. Then they wrap up the five-game homestand on Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs just absolutely trounced uh, the Colorado Avalanche 8-3 to last night. Darcy Kemper is hurt, so that is going to be a problem for an Avalanche team that has really been treading water for a lot of the year. They get Nathan McKinnon back, but yet they still get killed in Toronto. And this Toronto team is an absolute juggernaut right now. 15-2 and in their last 17 games. So that will be the first real big test for the Minnesota Wild since especially they... Um, you know, went to Florida uh, a couple weeks ago and, um, you know, played a really quality second and third periods, but weren't able to get the regulation win or uh, get to overtime. Um, and obviously the Wild have gone 1-0-1 against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the last couple weeks, but this will be a huge test for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the tests continue coming up. Four-game road trip coming on, starting in Edmonton. The Edmonton Oilers 9-1 and on home ice. Uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, they've been really awesome and dominant on home ice. So that these are two huge tests in a row coming up for the Wild. Hopefully they don't look uh, past the New Jersey Devils, though, to start things off. And then that road trip that starts in Edmonton continues with the game in San Jose, then a game in Los Angeles, and then another second of a back-to-back, second second of a back-to-back in Vegas this season. And the first one was not one of their uh, finest games of the season, that's for sure. Um, some cool stories in the works. I'll be talking to Judd Brackett, the Wild's Director of Amateur Scouting, 
on Friday for a story that I'll be writing early next week. It's sort of an update on all the prospects, but really some of these really quality kids that Wild have had um, invited to some of these world junior camps, particularly Canada with three defensemen, Carson Lambos, uh, Damon Hunt, whose stock is absolutely skyrocketing, and Ryan O'Rourke, the Sioux Greyhounds captain. Uh, we saw all these guys in training camp, and they looked uh, really, really good. Um, so those are the stories that are sort of in the works and a lot of road games coming up again. Uh, as the team finally uh, gets back on the road after a little brief uh, return home here, but finally a chance to unpack for this homestand. Lots of podcasts uh, throughout our network here at The Athletic. Former NHLer Sean Thornton uh, joins Craig Custance and Sean Gentile this week on The Athletic Hockey Show. And Rob Pizzo from CBC Sports hosts the Wednesday Roundtable along with Sarah Sivian, Jesse Granger, and the special guest, Julian McKenzie, one of our greatest editors at The Athletic. Um, that will be this Wednesday um, on The Athletic hockey show as well. And then, uh, of course, you've listened to Tom Fitzgerald today. Thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. Subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all bonus content from our entire network. You can start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month when you visit TheAthletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you next week, everybody. Yeah.